Good morning. At the end of the month, it would have been a year ago that Andy Crouch came and spoke. And in, um, yeah, if you're here, I mean, what an amazing message, right? What an amazing time to hear him. Um, he is editor of Christianity Today and is connected through um, Netzer with Parker Ford Church. And he put up a chart on um, the PowerPoint, which I don't have for you to see, but I'll try and explain it to you. And it, it had um, an X and a Y axis, you know, that kind of crossed and made four quadrants quadrants. The y-axis was um, axis that represented authority, and the x, the horizontal one, represents vulnerability. And so he made the argument that in the um, top right, yes, would be where authority is high and vulnerability is high. That is where we're called to live. And that is where, when we have high understanding of God's authority in our life, and when we have a high ability to be vulnerable, it's there that we get to walk as the bearer of God's image. And we walk in that identity. If you go shift down a block where vulnerability is high and authority is low, you're left with poverty. Because you have all of this vulnerability being inappropriately expressed without any authority. And so what happens is you go out there and you're, you're vulnerable and you're vulnerable and you're vulnerable, but it's all outside of the identity of being an image bearer. And so it's self-focused and it carries no authority. If you slide over a column on the bottom where you have low vulnerability and low authority, you're left with safety. And that might sound a little bit funny because you're like, well, two lows, how does that equal safety? But it equals safety because you don't actually have to be present. You don't have to let other people see you. You don't have to be vulnerable. And there's no consequences. And so it's very easy in that quadrant to have this mindset that I can kind of do whatever I want and fly under the radar. And what I do doesn't affect other people. And then if you move up a column and you have high authority and you have low vulnerability, it's there that you're left with idolatry. Because it's there where you're allowing yourself to be influenced and you're allowing whatever has authority in your life to control you and to determine your path and what you're going to invest in. And that oftentimes becomes idolatry. When we put something before God, it's an idol. And so this morning, you know, we're talking about pursuing divine strength. And um, when I asked in the first service, um, how do you think we get divine strength? People said prayer. They said um, reading the word, worship, and then God bless her, a wise woman in our church. She said, vulnerability. And when we look at scripture, throughout scripture, we understand that vulnerability is so important. That it is essential 
to actually having authority. It is essential to having strength in how we live our life and in what we do. In, um, in preparing for the message, I was doing some um, research, and I came across um, this woman, Brene Brown. And um, I, said, I said to my wife, I said, babe, I love you, but I found another woman. <laughs> because she just, she nails vulnerability and understands how it works in human life. And she is a um, researcher, um, and a uh, social worker, so naturally, you know, being a therapist, I'm inclined to those, those types of people. And um, she set out to do a one-year study on vulnerability. Six years later, she finally came out with the results. And um, a lot, a lot of information. She gathered stories. She did interviews. She would tweet out, what, what do you think this word means? And get thousands of responses back. And then she would sift through all the responses and, and gathered all this um, information. And, and she um, finally like, was like, getting to this place where she had all of this information. So she sent her husband and kids away and for four days basically like, locked herself in her house and just poured over all the data on vulnerability. And... She, through this process, became so overwhelmed with the importance and significance of vulnerability in our life that she had to call it quits. And so she was in the middle of her research, and she said, you know what? I got to stop. Because she realized how much she was missing vulnerability in her own life. And so um, where do you go when you need help with vulnerability? You go see a counselor. And so she... um, set it up and she went to the counselor and she was feeling convicted about this and she so she went to the counselor and she said as all therapists do when they go to a therapist they say I need help with this so fix this for me so I can get back to my work you know um, but don't go all like exploring my past and all that stuff that we no, no no I don't need to do that I can you know figure that out just like help me with this and um, and the therapist just looked at her and said okay, um, we'll see how that goes, you know? And for a year, they, they dove in and they talked about friendships. They talked about relationships. What, what Brene found were there are two types of people. There are the people who live wholehearted lives, who live out of vulnerability. And they are people who have a strong sense of worthiness about who they are. And because of that, they can have courage, they can have compassion, and they can feel connected and a sense of belonging. Then there are the people who who lack a strong sense of worthiness, who struggle with courage, who struggle with giving compassion and feel disconnected. In her interviews, she would sit down with people and she would say, tell me a story about when you felt loved. And the person would look at her and they would say, well, there's this time where I didn't feel loved. And she would sit down with people and she would say, tell me about a time where you really felt like you belonged. And they'd look at her 
and they would tell her a story about a time where they didn't belong. And this went on and on, interview after interview. People would consistently give her examples of the opposite of what she was asking. As she looked into it further, she realized that that was the difference in the people who feel as if there is a sense of worth and the people that don't. That their stories are about heartbreak, their stories are broken. And the people who have worth, their stories they can talk about the tragic moments amidst the joy and the pain and, the, and, and share about love that, that's just beautiful because it can handle both the dark emotions and the good emotions. And so they share these beautiful stories about being loved, about belonging, about connecting to other people. She goes on to um, talk about this difference. And she says, if we're going to be a person, if we're going to be an individual who has self-worth, and we understand that we have value because of who we are, that we have to be courageous. And she said, courageous is being willing to share our story with those who we come in contact with. Not holding back, but bringing who we are to every relationship we engage. And telling our story. She talks about compassion, and she said, until we actually have compassion for ourselves, there's no way we're going to be able to genuinely show compassion for other people. And she says, it was the people who have value, they understand compassion and are able to live that out in the lives of other people. And then finally, she says, connectedness. She's like, it's those people who are courageous to be themselves and share their story. And then also show compassion in relationships with other people. It's there that they feel the most connected and a sense of belonging. One of the greatest parts of being a therapist and having my practice where I get to sit is that ability to sit with someone and hear their story and to provide empathy and compassion, a judgment-free zone, right? And to just sit with them and hear the story. And there's, there's a level of connectedness that I get from that, which is, which is great. But there's also a level of connectedness that I don't get in those moments. Because as a therapist, I only can bring so much of who I am into that room. You know, they're not my therapist. I'm there to help them, to serve them. And so I can't always bring myself fully. Because it would be disclosing things that, you know, isn't appropriate for the room. And, it, and it's important that I, that I have that, um, that disconnect. Because it allows the room to be safe for them. But it's those moments where what they're talking about, it's those moments where what they're sharing and they're giving their story, and it's totally free for me as a therapist to say, like, yes, this is truth, and yes, I can agree with you, and yes, I've been there too. This is normal. This is life. That there's just rich connectedness. There's rich sense of belonging. And 
And that, that's the transforming ability of relationships. That is actually where God calls us to be in relationship with people that transforms lives. When we talk about the in of Parker Ford Church, this is the in when we can walk out of vulnerability and be in toward one another because I'm me. And you know me because I'm being me. And because you know me, then you're invited to be you and share you with everyone else. And when we walk together that way, where I can be me and you can be you, there's a connectedness. And it's not because we agree. It's because of cross. It's because we both serve the same God. It's because we both have the same spirit abiding within us. But vulnerability is a scary thing. It's not something that we want to do. If we just look at vulnerability, and I say, ask you the question, how many of you would like to be susceptible? S is not good. How many of you would like to be susceptible to physical or emotional attack or harm? Sound inviting, right? Everybody's jumping on board, right? But that's what vulnerability is. It's a definition of vulnerability. Being susceptible to physical or emotional attack or harm. Doesn't have to be physical, right? Could be emotional. But then again, maybe it's not emotional, maybe it's physical. But that's being vulnerable. And there's nothing about that that feels strong, right? I mean, our culture defines that as definitely not being strong, right? Being vulnerable is a bad thing. And there are definitely moments where being vulnerable is not good, right? If you're a single woman walking in the street at night, like, that's probably not a good vulnerable, not a healthy vulnerable. But there is a vulnerable that God asks us to be willing to be. Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 13. I'm going to just jump right there, and I want to read um, 1 through 10. And this is Paul, and he's talking about being vulnerable. He's talking to the Corinthian church, and they are um, they're wavering, and they're accusing him of things that are not accurate, not appropriate. They're questioning his authority. They are um, basically not looking at themselves, but they're calling him out. And he knows that they're in sin and that they're rebellious in their hearts right now. But he doesn't want to come to them and confront them and say, like, confront them in a way that tears them down. But he wants to come and he's like, I really want to come and be able to encourage you. He's trying to get there for a third time to visit them. And he says in in chapter 13, he says, this is the third time I am coming to you. Every charge must be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. So he's kind of giving himself credibility here. He's saying, like, I've heard, I've heard of what's going on in Corinth from more than one person. So I know stuff's going on, right? I warned those who sinned before and all the others, and I warn them now while absent, as I did when present on my second visit, that if I come again, I will not spare them. Since you seek proof that Christ is speaking in me, 
He is not weak in dealing with you, but is powerful among you. For he was crucified in weakness, but lives by the power of God. For we also are weak in him, but in dealing with you, we will live with him by the power of God. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Or do you not realize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless indeed you fail to meet the test. I hope you will find out that we have not failed the test. But we pray to God that you may do no wrong. Not that we may appear to have met the test, but that you may do what is right. Though we may seem to have failed. For we cannot do anything against the truth, but only for the truth. For we are glad when we are weak and you are strong. Your restoration is what we pray for. For this reason I write these things while I am away from you, that when I come I may not have to be severe in my use of the authority that the Lord has given me for building up and not for tearing down. There is a vulnerability about Paul's posture. But do you, do you feel like the authority with which he is coming in that vulnerability? Do you get a sense that he could come in there and he could totally lay them bare, right? And just say like, this is what's going on and this is not okay and this is not o- like what God desires and you're not being Christian. But he's saying, no, no, get, get it together. Let's go, come on. Get focused, get right with God, because when I come, I want to build you up. I want to encourage you, and I want to exhort you in the name of the Lord. And he says, he, he, he says to them, examine yourselves, look at your own hearts. Corey was talking earlier, right, about the three things. First, we got to examine ourselves, get alone with God and say, God, where in my heart am I not being vulnerable? What part of me have I gated off, built a wall around, and said, no, God, this isn't lovable in me, so I'm not going to let you see it. I'm not going to let you in. And we create these walls all the time, and sometimes we build the wall, and then we tear it down, and then we build it again, because frankly, when it was torn down, it was a little scary. And so we had these great moments with God, right, where we're just like, yes, like, this is what I want. And then we go out in the world and we experience the world and we're like, ooh, no, no, too scary. And we build up the wall again. But God wants us to be vulnerable in our relationship with him. He wants that authenticity. And when we have that with God, then we can actually look at ourselves and we can say, you know what, there is that spot there. But it's okay. Because i got a father and a savior who loves me. i got a God who cares about me. And I got a God who is in full, complete authority. And if I walk in him, then that spot, it'll fade. It'll go. His love will wash me. His blood has been poured out for me. And even, even that part of me that I don't like. And so we can, we can believe that. Not just know it, but we can actually believe it. And then, then we can love ourselves. And when we love ourselves, then we can love others. And we can engage each other being open and being honest about struggles. We can be open and honest about, is, how's, how's your day going? Good. That's not true. Like, it's never just good. Like, how's your day going? Like, it's, 
okay, like I've been whatever, or it's gone awesome. Like I just saw God like work this way and really sweet, you know, like, but there's so much more to who we are than just, I'm good. Oh, I'm okay. I'm fine. You can say those things because probably habit now, but follow it up. Like share yourself in that moment. Be vulnerable. Take the risk that maybe they're asking because they do care. And if they don't, well, now they know a little bit more about you and they can take that for what it is, right? But that's vulnerability. Vulnerability is putting yourself out there with no guarantee that you're going to get anything back. And that's scary and that's frightening. But when you have enough of Jesus, it's okay. Because in that moment, you can say, okay, that was awkward. Really let down right there. But I got God. And right? God, you're with me? Right? Okay, good. Yeah. Right? Like, and you just, you talk yourself back to that place of remembering who are you in? I'm in God. I'm in Jesus. Where's your identity? In Christ. Whose image am I bearing? God's. I'm bearing God's image and I'm walking with him, in him. And in order to do that, I got to be vulnerable. Brene Brown makes this point that we have come to a place of creating this, um, she calls it a, a culture of scarcity. Meaning basically, we don't want to ever, like we're, we're too afraid to ever engage anything with who we are. Nothing is safe. And she says, so what we do is that we numb. And, and we have just encountered so much negative emotion and negative experiences in our life that we, we, we try really hard to numb all those negative emotions. But what she found in her research is also that we cannot selectively numb. We can't numb the negative, painful, hurtful emotions in our life and not numb the good and the positive. And so we're never full. We never have the intensity or the um, complete experience of how God has designed and wired us to experience life because we're numbing all the time. Look at addiction. Look at obesity. Look at um, our, our financial situation as a culture. We're just in so much debt. And, um, and then she goes, and of course, like we're busy, right? There is always something to do. And so we're consistently on this search for something to make us feel alive, to make us feel awake inside. But yet we're pursuing all these things that are, are, are frivolous, they're empty, they're nothing. You know, it's like pouring water into a pot with holes. It just pours out. And so it might work for a little while, but it doesn't sustain us because it's not actually God. It's not what we're called to be. It's not who we're called to pursue. And, and she says, we numb. She's like, so if you want to experience joy, you got to experience guilt. If you want to experience love, you got to be able to experience not being loved. And, and I go a step further with it, and I'm like, yeah, so what are we doing with our relationships with God, right? If I want more of God in my life, then I got to be okay when he's not in my life, or he doesn't feel like he's in my life, Right? If I want, like, some awesome moment in the Holy Spirit, well, then I actually got to be okay with not getting the Holy Spirit all the time, right? Or missing it in a moment. 
Like, I got to be okay with the fact that I'm not perfect and I'm not going to come to every moment the right way and the way I should. And I got to be okay with when I want God's presence, that it, it's just like sometimes I'm not there. It's not clicking, right? That's nothing against God. But it's just like this is, this is the full package. I got to be okay with that, but I got to know, even in that moment, God is good. God is still there. And whatever reason, but then I can examine myself, right, and say, God, I so want to experience you right now. What is it? Show me. Show me. Help me be vulnerable in this moment. Help me be able to feel the connection. And we go in this place of quiet examination. Because it's both the tragic and the blessing that need to flow together. And we need to be comfortable with that. You know, Corey was talking about like, all right, it's going to be a little bit uncomfortable worshiping for, I think we, like, we probably close to a full hour there. Like, it was great. But there's some discomfort in that. There's, there's fear. There's all this stuff about being vulnerable that we don't like. But unless we open ourselves up and be vulnerable, we're going to miss every opportunity to experience God to the fullest. Because we're just numbing, protecting, we're guarding. But God is so, so much more overwhelming. So much more overwhelming than we can fathom. He is gracious to us that when we are vulnerable, he only overwhelms us to a certain level, right? cross, right, is this like incredible moment and we talk about it all the time and we know it. But are we coming vulnerable to the cross? Are we coming to the cross really pondering the blood that was shed? Jesus came to the cross in weakness. Or at least that's how the perception would have been from the Jews and the Romans. He allowed himself to be insulted. He allowed himself to be beaten and bruised. He allowed his blood to be shed. And ultimately just gave his life. He surrendered. Is there anything more humiliating than surrendering to your enemy? I can only imagine the disciples' thoughts, you know. What was going through their mind when they saw their Savior, their teacher, their rabbi, Hanging on the cross, dead. He's dead, right? Like, maybe Lazarus was brought back to life, but, I mean, that was through Jesus. And if he didn't save himself while he was on the cross, how, you know. And hopefully at some point, you know, that, that, that memory of, like, he said he would, he would do, you know, rebuild the temple in three days. He said this about three days. Three days. And so maybe they get hopeful. But it was in weakness that he came. 
just vulnerable, saying, here I am, do what you will. And in that moment, God conquered death. Sin lost its sting. The gates of hell no longer can overcome, right? And there's such authority and strength in that moment. There is no greater moment where Jesus in his weakness is elevated to a position of authority, sitting at the right hand of the Father. I mean, can you get any more strength and authority and presence than that? And it was in weakness. 2 Corinthians 12.10 says, For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. This is a truth that God asks us to live our lives by. Isaiah 35.3 says, um, comes right after Isaiah prophesies this horrible um, judgment upon Israel and this prophecy that's like destruction all over the place. And Isaiah 35 says, hold on, like don't give in. He says, strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Weak hands don't get work done, right? Feeble knees means we're not moving forward. We're not in pace with God. So what's God say? He's saying, strengthen your hands. Make your knees strong. How do we make our knees strong? We got to pray. We got to get alone with God. We got to be on our knees before him in a posture of vulnerability. Make our hands strong. Go, serve, do the work of the Lord out of vulnerability. We're in a culture that doesn't respect vulnerability and it's not going to get better. But Jesus' heart continues to break for those who don't know him. And so the, the thing is that we're getting to this moment in our, in our culture where Christianity no longer is mainstream, right? I mean, we've just had, we have government decisions all over the place that are saying we don't align with Christianity. We have people and morals that are just kind of all in question, right? We're at this place where God is asking us to be different, look different than the world, and stop judging ourselves by worldly standards and start judging yourself based on what I say. And what I say is that sin is no longer allowed in your life. My son has died on the cross. You are washed. You are clean. And because of that, you are my child. And I want you to walk as an image bearer in God's kingdom. I want you to walk with vulnerability, to be honest and real with who you are and what you're going through and what you're experiencing because I want you to know that I am God. And I want your life to reflect that I am God. Father God, we just pray. This is a hard, hard lesson to know. It's a challenging word to hear. And Father, we, I, I just ask that you would open up our hearts and our minds that this would, would just stick with us. And that as we go through our day, as we go through our week, Lord, we would just be pondering this. We'd be thinking about this, Lord. What's it mean to be vulnerable? What's it mean? And Lord, I just, I pray that you would prompt us in relationships to risk it. 
to take the chance and trust that you are good. Whether, whether the experience is a flop and it's awful and we feel so insecure and so vulnerable or whether it's awesome and we walk away with this beautiful connection. But Lord, that we just say, you know, this is a posture with which I'm living my life. Gonna be vulnerable. Lord, may I not try to guard or protect or control or predict how things are gonna go. But I'm gonna trust you. I'm gonna trust you to protect your child. I'm gonna trust you as my father. Knowing that you want the best. And then even if I get hurt, you're gonna be there because you're my dad. 